You're listening to Common Bonds Radio. Hi, I'm Kelly Burley with Episode 12. Today we explore the power of pet therapy with the first cowgirl of Oklahoma State University, Ann Hargis. Anne has had a lifelong love of companion animals, and for much of her time in Stillwater, she's channeled that passion into her role as the face and voice of Pete's Posse, OSU's pet therapy program. Now in its ninth year, Pete's Posse was created to positively enhance physical and emotional health as part of the university's commitment to being America's healthiest campus. The program is a collaborative effort between various OSU departments, led by the President's Office and the College of Veterinary Medicine, and is among the most comprehensive of its kind on any college campus, making a positive difference for faculty, staff, students, and campus visitors alike. Today, Ann Hargis shares her early love of companion animals and walks us through the origins of Pete's Posse and the nuts and bolts of the program, while bearing witness to the many ways in which the program strengthens the bonds between humans and animals. Hi, Ann, and welcome to Common Bonds Radio. Oh, Kelly, it is so great to hear your magical voice. Uh, I've missed you. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for sharing your time today, Ann, to visit with us about something I know that is personally near and dear to you, and that's the Pete's Posse Animal Therapy Program at Oklahoma State University. Before we begin, though, I'd, I'd really like to learn more about your love for animals and how that came about through your early experiences growing up. Oh, that's a wonderful question. And isn't it true of all dog lovers can, if they can, start early? I was raised in a family that always had pets. And uh, most of them were not strays, but mongrels. I don't think we ever had a thoroughbred. But uh, throughout my childhood, I have very fond memories of being with dogs, mainly dogs, not cats. And I did have a kitten at one time, but the kitten was short-lived. I don't think my parents liked cats. So I was raised not a, with a fear of cats, but just with a non-interesting cat until I married. And uh, Burns and I had not been married a month when his parents came to see us. And his mother, being an animal lover as well, I think they had like nine animals in their <laughs> at the time Burns and I married. And uh, so his mother said, oh, you have, you're on this acreage of land there. You've got to have a dog. So we went out and found the first dog in the first litter was our first dog named Jig. And then Burns and his dad went to play golf and his mother said to me, oh, and this dog's going to be so lonely when you're at work. He needs a companion. Let's find a cat. Well, we spent the rest of the day looking at litter after litter after litter of kittens. And she picked out the perfect white fluffy kitten for me. And I've been a cat lover ever since. So I just uh, have always been around animals. They're all different. They all have their special memories. Um, I could go on and on about just the different pets in our lives. And dogs and cats have been part of the Hargis household pretty much ever since. 
we 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 did have a cat when we came to Stillwater. We had uh, our daughter's cat Stella, which I was probably my favorite cat. And uh, Stella moved to Stillwater with us and stayed till she lived to be seventeen. And we never did have a dog at that point um, until the pet therapy program started. Tell us about the genesis of the pet therapy program. Uh, in 2013, we started um, thinking that we needed to have a pilot a program for pet therapy. That actually followed a visit from a friend of mine who had a standard-sized poodle named Rossi. And Rossi had this head full of hair, like Diana Ross. So it was named after Rossi. The standard poodle came to Stillwater for a visit, and we planned three different visits in one day. And we noted as we tried to go from one area to another, we did not build in enough time for the attention that dog brought. People were coming out of their offices. They were finding us on the street. We had the best time with every visit we had on campus that we looked at each other and said, well, we need to have Rossi back three or four times a year. And then we thought, why don't we just try to do this ourselves? So that's how the pilot program itself got started. And so, Ann, what did that look like early on? We were asking just word of mouth. We were asking people who had the pets in their own homes if they would be interested in being trained in a therapy program. And um, at that point, the vet who was taking care of our little dog called me and she said, Ann, I have the perfect dog for your therapy program. Not thinking that we would be the owner, but that the dog would make a great pet. So what had happened with this particular dog is he had been shot and three students picked him up, took him to our outstanding vet for rehab and he almost lost his leg. Um, and the students couldn't pay for the vet bill, so they, this was early on, this was when Facebook was brand new, they posted his picture and a story about the dog and raised money from all over the nation to help fix little Scruff, they named him Scruff. So at the time that we were called, um, Scruff actually belonged to the vet school where he would stay a week or two at a time, he would go to the student's home, and then, oh, by the way, he would come to our house on Sunday afternoon. And Burns said, Ann, we do not need a dog. We are never here. And if we are here, we're entertaining. That's not fair to a dog. So Scruff would come over on Sunday afternoon. And I'd say, look, Burns, this is the perfect dog for us. He's so docile. You could tell he was happy because his tail would wag. But he didn't need any attention. Well, little did I know the dog was in so much pain that he was drugged to the point that he was a very calm little dog. So... Anyway, we uh, looked up, that was probably in September, October, looked up at Christmas time and the dog was in the backseat of our car going home with us for Christmas holiday, going back to Oklahoma City. And uh, I looked in the backseat and I said, you know, Burns, I think we have a dog. So he's been our dog ever since. And uh, I just have learned so much through this program that I'd really like to go back with some of my previous dogs and know the value of their companionship um, and what they do for human beings. I took so much about previously owned dogs uh, for granted 
and loved having them, but didn't really connect the way we connect with this therapy dog. And it's through the process of learning what they have to give that has enriched all of our lives. So Mm. that's kind of the story behind our personal journey with animals. Oh, that's such a, that's such a wonderful story. Um, well, well, tell me what's involved, um, what's involved in training a dog for a pet therapy program like Pete's Posse? Well, as we started out, that was in the fall of 2013, uh, we had eight dogs that came from homes of OSU employees. For instance, I'm not an employee, but the dog lives in the home of an employee. And those eight dogs were from different departments within OSU. So we got our heads together and through the vet school again, found a trainer who would train us in pet therapy. So uh, the training is about eight weeks. They're taught to be very uh, obedient, but uh, caring and giving. And so through that training, they also received two national certifications, one through Canine Good Citizens, the other through the American Therapy Dogs Incorporated. So they are nationally certified. They meet all the criteria of that. And then after that, we didn't really know what we were going to do. So it was just sort of being out among the community at OSU and seeing the reaction and meeting the demands at the time. So through that, the program has grown. And what we currently do is it's very, very extensive. It's a a process whereby people apply, and the requirement is that the department in which the dog will be placed, being the employee is in that department, goes to the department, and the department says, yes, we would like a dog. So They have to be open and willing to have the dog in that department in the first place. And if somebody has a problem with it, then we kind of go through a process of making sure everyone is comfortable with having a dog. And the department decides how the dog is used. So that's a given. But then they go through an extensive evaluation, the disposition not only of the dog, but of the owner handler of the dog. So you have to realize it's got to be a good fit for both. We had a wonderful department where we wanted a dog very, very badly. And through the process, found out that the dog was extremely stressed by being, the dog was a great companion dog to the owner handler, but other people made the dog so nervous. And it was decided it wasn't fair to the dog. Uh, to put the dog through that. So they were not accepted in the program. We have some other humans who try to go through the program with the wrong, um, they don't understand what the program is about. And they think perhaps it's just to bring your dog to work. But when they realize the uh, workload of the volunteer, um, they decide the program is not for them. So there's a big evaluation that goes on in the front end. Then there's that eight or 10 week training. Then they shadow other people and make sure that everyone is comfortable and good to go with it. And uh, it takes about the same as a calendar school year. So you apply about in, in August. They go through this extensive evaluation. 
And then the training itself, well, I'll tell you this past year, we have 10 slots open because you can't have a class larger than 10. And we had over 40 people apply. So it's a very, very, there were so many good people that we could not admit into the program. So um, once they go through all the training and all the testing and they get nationally certified, then they go through what we call baccalaureate and get a diploma signed by Pistol Pete, our pup father. So we have a lot of fun with the program. It's very, very serious, but we keep it lighthearted. And from there, and the dog owners are, in essence, ready for prime time. So um, what are the rules of the road for Pete's posse participants? So part of the situation with the pet therapy is that we follow the rules of the American Therapy Dog Incorporated. And one of their rules is the dog must be with their owner handler on a leash that's two feet. And so the dog is never further away from us. In other words, I can be on a visit, but I cannot give my leash to somebody else. I'm responsible for that dog, and that's for legal purposes. And um, that is that is just one of the things that a lot of people who have a dog will say, well, you know, my dog is free roaming. And we say, in this program, you, you can't be. You've got to be with that owner handler. And because of that, there are a lot of times where we are with our animals, we're on a visit, and maybe the dog needs water, maybe the dog needs other things. And we have students who would love to be part of the program. So um, I think in 2015, we started a volunteer student organization called the Rough Riders, as in <laughs> uh, And they are uh, our eyes and our ears uh, additional to Make sure that the students who want to see the dogs are available to see the dogs. The dogs are not overstressed. We also have uh, trading cards, like old-fashioned baseball trading cards. Every dog has a trading card. And uh, students especially collect all these cards. And our Rough Riders hand out the cards and make sure everybody wants one, has one. And uh, they just kind of keep everything balanced. They, they have enhanced the program and lifted it to a new level that like two people are better at a team than one. So it, is, it has worked it beautifully and uh, been very meaningful for some of our students too. Well, you talk about that human-animal bond. And, yes. and, and I'm just, uh, obviously you've seen that through this program uh, oh, in my action. Word. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Every time we go out, there's some feeling of, I, I, I realize, and then the dog sense it too, but you can see someone just from across the campus, uh, give a smile, give a nod. You can see their shoulders relax. Then you get the, you know, the squealing students who go, oh, it's a dog, you know, and they run across campus and they greet the dog. So you see all kinds of reactions from people. And I'll say it's the faculty and staff who benefit from this as much. So in our university, everything is centered around our customers who are the students, yes, but everybody has a time of being stressed. Anytime, any day, there's somebody who's stressed. And it could be a professor. It could be, uh, you know, a secretary. It could be anybody. 
But the better we make everybody feel, the more successful we are in making sure our students get all the help that they need. Tell me about one or more of the impactful moments you've witnessed as part of Pete's Posse. I'll tell you one of my favorite stories, and it happened to have been a student who made contact with one of our very first therapy dogs named Charlie. And at the time, her name is Ashley. And at the time, Ashley was so shy. She was an incoming freshman. She made no eye contact. And all she did was stroke Charlie. And she got Charlie's training card. And through the process of the pet therapy program, had another visit with Charlie. And she blossomed to the point where she was one of our very first rough riders. She worked with other dogs. She came out of her shell, and it culminated in a national conference that we spoke, um, to which we spoke, and Ashley actually flew her very first plane ride, flew with us to the conference, and presented to a national audience. So she has come totally full circle. She has blossomed beyond words. She's now graduated. But I think back on the difference that the program has made just in that one child's life. And it is, uh, it is exemplary of so many other things that go on in this program. But it's one of my favorite ones to actually experience and watch happen. And how are the Pets Posse teams spread out across the OSU campus? The, the dogs themselves are in different departments all over campus. So we have over 60 teams currently of dogs and their owner handlers in the different combinations. We have some husbands and wives who have a dog. We have some men who have two dogs. We have different combinations. But a visit is one person and one dog. And we've made over a 1,000 extra visits in a calendar year in addition to the departments the dogs are in and touched over 5,000 hours. Because some of these visits are done on campus, the dogs then go back to the office or the department with the dogs for the rest of the day. So the hours are more than the number of visits, if that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. But we're all, it's a volunteer group. We're self-reporting. And so I'm telling you, these numbers are low because I know personally I don't report every visit we make. But what we try to do is also, in addition to talking about the times we spent and the number of visits we've made, we like to record the number of people we have touched. And a touch can be as much as a, hello, Charlie, hello, Scruff, down to, you know, 15 minutes of stroking time with that dog. But in those evaluations that are self-reported, we have over 100,000 touches a year and that doesn't even include our social media or any of the films or ways that we touch people visually that we're not with this is just on-site touches and those touches can lead to some instant bonds i'm sure so one of my other favorite story is we one of the special events among the thousand is we are used to be anyway at every orientation student orientation And this is where incoming students come with their parents. And as you can well imagine, a lot of times parents have a harder time letting go of students than the students have. 
And I had struck at one of the orientations, and I looked down, and this father was stroking my dog, saying, I know he'll be fine. I know he'll be fine. It's going to be okay. I mean, he was talking to my dog, and he was settling his nerves about releasing his son to school. So uh, those are some of the ways we touch other people that we're not even thinking about accomplishing. So uh, in addition to those lighthearted times that we are with serious efforts, there have also been some very, very serious moments on campus, as you recall. And a lot of times there are unexpected deaths, and they happen in uh, departments, they happen in dorms, uh, sororities, fraternities. And what has happened on our campus is we, we are connected with the counseling services. We're not trained to be counselors, but we're trained to sense when someone needs more help. And we know how to get help for that particular person. So, um, again, different times we have been called in to uh, just be available, to be non-judgmental, let the dog be with the hurt. What happens when, say, a department loses someone unexpectedly? That department is really a family to that person, and they are feeling the grief and the loss. Uh, one particular visit Scruff and I made was to our mailing department, and an employee had died unexpectedly. So we were called in, and I went over with Scruff, and just in visiting and letting Scruff go around and having some lighthearted moments, there were tears, there were laughters, there were stories. And after Scruff and I left, I got a call from the head of the department, and she said, I don't know why, but as you all walked in the room, your dog went immediately over to the person. The very reason why I called you was that person was having such a hard time. These dogs seem to sense who needs them when they need them. And it is something that we just kind of let happen. And I had no idea that that was what was going on until I was told. But time after time, we have made visits like that, and I've watched Scruff go from one person to another person, and his timing is such that he's with someone as long as they need them, but then he's on to someone else as he senses they need them. And I will tell you, after about an hour, most of our dogs are totally spent because they're working. All of that is working with them. And I think they take on the emotions of some of the people that they're visiting. And uh, Scruff will go home sleep the whole rest of the afternoon. It's just totally undoing. Yeah. But wow. so rewarding. As it happens, it is such a rewarding experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah, it is an incredible experience. It really is. Well, Ann, tell me a little bit. I mean, we've all been impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, how has it affected the the Pete's Posse program um, this last spring, and what what adjustments have you had to look at going forward? Well, of course, like everyone else, we came to a screeching halt uh, with great momentum and great um, ideas of things or promoting what we do and enhancing the value of what we do. So 
we are re-racking uh, at all times. We're doing a lot of virtual pet therapy. Um, we do a lot of Zoom calls. We are continuing. You know, what's happening is I, I will take stuff around campus in my little orange golf cart. And, of course, we are social distancing, but he feels other people there. And he will just whine in my cart. He goes, there's someone I've got to get over there. You know, he, he's telling me. He's, he's really uh, lost in this situation. So we're doing our best to stay connected, and we are available to other. We've, we've been part of orientation. We've been part of some of the faculty and staff council meetings. We even did a Zoom call with, it's called N-Space, and it's a national NASA program. They had um, OSU employees in various NASA, I think there are five different locations across the nation, were having a staff meeting, and we did a surprise visit um, with that staff. And what is so cute in these visits, you start, they see the dogs, then they go get their own dogs or their cats or their pets. So you see a whole screen of people with their animals in their laps. And uh, we're just connecting the best way we can. We're abiding by university rules. Um, and students aren't back yet. And we are not on campus. We are just doing our best to be available. However, people need us that fit the uh guidelines that are being set out of course those are changing every day too so we are just anxious to get back uh with a touch feely with these dogs because you can see dogs all you want to but the difference is in the stroking of the dogs and feeling them so we're we're just uh, playing it a day at a time and what would you say to other either universities or even private uh, organizations considering uh, the incorporation of a pet therapy program as part of their employee and or customer experience? Oh, my word. I think with it, we have proven that it adds such value to production. And um, I, I don't know about you, Kelly, but we see all kinds of dogs in different. Uh, the dentist has cats. The jeweler has a dog. I mean, these Small businesses seem to have animals in their businesses. So I would say personally, start slowly. You never know how it's going to grow. And every uh, corporation, every business, every school has different needs. Um, just experience it and make judgments as you go. We, of course, at OSU are a, a large entity and we um, have legal guidelines and we listen to them because ultimately that's our, our uh, obligation is to be as safe as possible and we want to follow all the guidelines we can. So it just seems that the smaller the program, the easier it is to evaluate and control, grow slowly. Um, I know our grandson is in a private school in Norman and Two of their employees bring their dogs to school every day, and the dogs are such a mainstay in that school. The doors are open, and the dogs just go from room to room wherever they feel they're needed. And again, 
they tell me that the dogs know which students need them the most, and these are elementary school students. So I think if people just start experimenting with the best of dogs, it starts that bond. And when you talk about a common bond, I think that's what's drawing us all together is finding the value of these pets and the way they bring so much more quality to the life we have. So why don't we have it in our daily daily life at work and at play? Well, Ann, this has been such a pleasure. I, I really appreciate this opportunity to visit with you. Is there anything that um, that you would like to add about Pete's Posse or your experience with animals that I missed today? Well, I think you've covered everything, Kelly, but I, I just want to say as far as common bond is concerned, um, I think one of your mottos is um, healthy animals, healthy people. That is the same motto that we have. So I just say hats off to everything that you're doing. And um, if there's any way we can help further the common bond, I think the more knowledge we all have about what the other person is doing and where they're going, uh, the more powerful we'll be with this purpose. Ann Hargis is the face and voice of the Pete's Posse Animal Therapy Program as first cowgirl at Oklahoma State University. You can learn more about Pete's Posse at hr.okstate.edu slash pet therapy. I'm Kelly Burley. Common Bonds Radio is made possible by the partners of Common Bonds, including OK Humane, making the compassionate and respectful treatment of animals a prevalent community value and the well-being of animals a community priority. City of Enid Animal Welfare, rebranding from animal control to better reflect its commitments to positive outcomes for the animals in its care. And the Kirkpatrick Foundation, committed to making Oklahoma the safest and most humane place to be an animal by 2032.